0: Wow, what a challenge, right? Are you ready to do the work? The harvest is ready for us. And church, we have got to be activated. Now more than ever before, we can no longer just be okay with the fact that we're going to heaven ourselves, right? There's a world out there in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our families, and they're broken And they need Jesus. They need the hope. If you're here today, if you're online, and you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are lucky because you already have the hope. And what our job is then is to be those that can pass it around, right, to the world that needs Jesus, to know that he's their Savior. Today is a really special day in the life of Rockside Church and in the lives of our friends Daniel and Sarah. Um, it's monumental. They're at the point of being ready, uh, closing up the last couple of weeks, and they're going to be heading to France because God has called them to be missionaries. God has called them to leave the comfort that we all know, that we all get to experience, and they're going to pack their family up, their littles, and they're going to move to a country That is in desperate need of the light of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus. And you know, it's so exciting because we get to celebrate with them today. We get to honor them and thank them. At the end, we're going to pray for them. But as we do that, As much as that's important, all right, we are a sending church. Uh, We've now sent Juan and Tracy Orozco there in El Salvador, and now we get to be a part of sending Daniel and Sarah to France. Our church, Rockside Church, we're in our 20th year. There are some churches that will never send missionaries, and so there's a lot to be thankful for, and that's all because of you guys, your prayer, your faithfulness, your giving to your missions pledges, the prayer. The relationships matter, and I want to say thank you, because those partnerships couldn't happen if we didn't have a faithful church, amen? And so today, I want to talk to us really briefly, um, and then Pastor Daniel's going to come up here in a moment, but I want to talk about our mission field, all right, because you may not be called right now to go to another country and move your family, all right, now, Let me just say this, there might be some of you in here though, God's perking your heart, he might be calling you to that very same thing. Don't be afraid of that. Yeah, let's go to that. Sorry. Okay, we're good? Okay, great, awesome. So that was just to get your attention, right? Because some of you, some of you are like, "Oh, shoo!" We're not talking about calling. We can just move on. No, no, no. Some of you, God may call to literally move your life somewhere else. All right, don't be afraid of that. All right, but for the majority of us, that that may not happen to. You. God calls us to live missional, to live being missional in our mission field. So everywhere we go. During our week, that's our mission filled. Amen. Missional living is this. It's simply embodying the mission and the message of Jesus. Being that when you walk out these doors for the rest of the week. That's what being missional is. Embodying the life of Jesus, the message of Jesus, and just bringing that to everybody that you see. Our vision statement here at Rockside Church is this, and it's on that banner. We are passionately committed to take the unchanging love of Christ to an ever changing world, fueled by prayer, partnerships with missionaries, and building disciples. Those are the three pillars here that we stand for and we believe in. And we are going to continue to see God do amazing things in us and through us as a church. As followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to be seeking to be Jesus everywhere. And we need help with that, right? Cuz some of it, I know some of you in your personality you're like I'm so quiet and introverted. That's okay. God wants to use you. He wants to use that because that's what he needs. There are people that God will use you to speak to that an extrovert will run them off. God uses all of us. We've been given gifts different giftings for different reasons. Amen. But beyond that, the Lord gives us power. So in Acts 1.8, it says this, and you guys know this verse, it's familiar. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, thank you, Jesus. He sent us the Holy Spirit. So regardless of your personality, regardless of what you have or you don't have, he gives us the Holy Spirit so that He we can be empowered. Amen? And that's so that we can go and be My witnesses, he says, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So none of us have an excuse. Doesn't matter what you have or you don't have. When you find Jesus and you say yes, Holy Spirit comes and gives you power to then share the gospel. Amen? The mission of Jesus does not begin only at the ends of the earth, or even on the other side of the planet. When it first started, it started in Jerusalem, and it was right where they were all at, where they were living. For believers today, the mission of Jesus starts right where you are. Are you living missional? Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live missional. Missions is not merely just an activity of the church It is the very heartbeat of God going and reaching those that are lost, going out and finding those that are broken, those that are addicted, those that need hope. That's the very heartbeat of God to redeem people back to him. And we get to be a part of that. How amazing is that, you guys? We get to take that love of Jesus to a world that so desperately needs him. Our God is ascending God, right? When Jesus picked the disciples, he hung out with them for a while. He trained them. But then eventually he's like, now it's time to go. Time to go be my witnesses. It's time for us, church, to be. We got to get really good at being for Jesus. God wants to see humankind and creation reconciled, redeemed, and healed. Some of you in here, you Need reconciled, you need healing. You might even be here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, I'm glad you're here because you can say yes to Him today, right now, and be able to know Him as your Lord and Savior. He's calling all of His children to Him. Amen. The missional church is a sent church. And again, not just overseas, we are sent out of here. We gather so that we can go. Amen. We gather in small groups so then we can go. We gather in youth group. We gather in all these things so we can be encouraged with one another, but then so we can go into the world, into our world, into your world, whatever that looks like for you. Rockside Church is a sending church. We're going to continue to send people who are called to the ministry We might have youth in here. You might have a calling to be a youth pastor. You might have a calling to be a missionary or in ministry. We will continue to send people into ministry and to the mission field abroad. But of course, we're going to empower the rest of us to go into our own worlds on a daily and a weekly basis. Jesus calls his followers to join him in the mission to save the world. Do you see how how incredible that is? that we get to partner with him in his kingdom work, that he even wants to include us. He loves us that much that he wants us to partner in that so that we can reach more people. Think about this right now. Your life has a circle of influence. There are people that you might be the only one that can reach them. God has called all of us to be aware of that amen. Matthew 419 says this, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. When he called the disciples, he told them to leave their jobs, leave what they were doing. Come with me. I've got a big plan and I want you to be a part of it. Well, guess what? That same calling is for us today. To say yes to. Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you follow him? Will you allow him to show you how to fish for people, to reach more for his kingdom? Let's just take a moment right now and let's just pray as we continue into God's word. God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. God, we thank you for your written word, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here in this place. And God, we thank you for the call to missions. God, we thank you for the call to live missional. Lord, I pray right now that you will just open our hearts, open our ears to what you're having us to do, what you're encouraging us to say yes to. Lord, we know that the harvest is ready. There are so many in the world that need to know your love. And God, I just pray today that you will uh, encourage us to just get more involved in that process, God, that we would say yes to following you wholeheartedly and sharing the love of Jesus with everybody that we come in contact with. God, speak to us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your written word. We thank you, Jesus, that we can gather with the believers in Christ to be encouraged, Father. In your precious name, Amen. Amen. Thank you for those that are here as we celebrate the Connors. Thank you those that are guests. This is your first time here. You've never been at Rockside Church. Thank you. Family is important. Being a part of a faith community is important. What we're doing is important. We believe what we talk about. We don't just we don't just read things from scripture and say things. We actually believe Jesus Christ loves you, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he's coming back again, and that there's hope for this broken world. We really believe that. We've seen him been doing miracles. We're seeing healings. Cancer going away. God is moving in this nation. It may look dark, but God is doing incredible things. We're watching it with the Asbury revivals and the, what's happening on the college campuses, spreading beyond even America. God is awakening His church because the time is coming. There's hope for the world. Mark eight thirty-four and thirty-five says this. Then. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, This, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. There's a cost, there's a cost to following Christ. If you want to be a follower, you must give up your own way. Listen, our own ways aren't working anyways. Your own way isn't working. Give it up. Let it go. Give it to Jesus. Say yes to following him wholeheartedly, and it will radically change your life. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Amen. Jesus calls every Christ follower to a life of radical transformation and devotion to his mission. Radical. That means all in. Not one, not, not one toe in the world and one toe with Christ. No, all in with Jesus. And when you go all in with him, man, it's amazing to see what he can do in your life and through your life. The disciples of Jesus, you guys, they were not extraordinary people. They were average Joes. They were the people that nobody really probably would have paid attention to, even kind of outcasts. Those are the people God loves, the the ones that the world has overlooked, right? They're on the sidelines, the marginalized. God's heart breaks for those. He calls those. All the Old Testament is broken people that made a mess of their life, and God used them. So we're in good company, right? I, I relate to that. My life is not perfect. I'm thankful that God calls those who are broken, those that are have had a messed up life, right? He calls us because he's the one that saves us. He's the one that heals us. Has nothing to do with anything I can do. There's no good in us apart from Christ. So if, if you're here today and you're feeling broken or you're feeling like, man, I've made too many mistakes. Or maybe you knew Jesus at one point and you've walked away. Listen. There is always time to come back. There's always time to turn back around and say, Jesus, I'm back. I want to follow you. I'm laying it all down. I have decided. I have decided. I'm putting a line in the sand, and I'm not turning back. That's just what we have to do. Make that decision. Amen. God used a bunch of broken, messed up people, and he began a revolution of faith, hope, and love. He can do it again. He can use us. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited for our church to be a part of it. Amen. The Great Commission is given to every Christ follower, not just the pastors, not just the leaders, not just those who are super spiritual. The Great Commission is for everybody that knows Jesus Christ to take his love to those that need it. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's for all of us. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That is our mandate to go and to reach and to disciple more people to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want to read this little excerpt from a book by Thomas Hale, and it, the title is On Becoming a Missionary. Listen to this. It says No one can say, since I'm not called to be a missionary overseas, I don't have to evangelize my friends and neighbors. There is no difference in spiritual terms between a missionary witnessing in his hometown and a missionary witnessing in Nepal. We are all called to go, even if it's only to the next room or to the next block, all right? Now, again, some are called to go, right? Go to France. But for a lot of us, we're called to go to our neighbor, go to the person across the cubicle. That is our missional space. That is where our mission field is at. And it's ripe for harvest. Are we participating? Are we saying yes to that call? Missional living is doing my part to complete his mission while I'm on earth. You all have a part. I have a part to that. It's about leading others to follow Jesus. Proclaiming the good news of salvation. Seeking out the lost and the broken and ultimately obeying Jesus, obeying and saying, yes, whatever it costs, I'll pay the price. I remember when the Lord called me, I thought I was called to full-time missions. I was about 18 and I thought the Lord had called me to full-time missions and I went on my first trip to Africa. And I will never forget that while I was there, the Lord confirmed my calling in my life, but he said, I'm not going to call you to full-time missions. You're going to have a full-time heart for missions, but I'm going to call you to pastoral ministry. But here's the thing. What became very real to me is that while I was there in Africa, a couple, the Brogdons, had just gotten married, and they moved to Africa after their honeymoon. And I was just so, Jesus, wow. Like, they have a love for you and a faith that I didn't understand. I didn't get it, how they could give up all of these things for the gospel. At that point, I didn't get it because I was still still really young. There's sacrifice. There's a cost to being obedient to Christ, but there's always great reward. God is faithful to reward those that are obedient to him, right? And to obedient to his call. And so it's worth it. It's worth it to say yes to Jesus, whatever that looks like for you, right? We're going to all stand before the Lord one day and give an account for your life, Even if you're in here you're like, I don't even believe in Jesus. I'm like, well, you're going to stand before the Lord at some point, and you're going to give an account for your life. And I'm telling you, I want to be able to say, Lord, I did my best, and I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. 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 Wasn't perfect. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He just expects our heart to have a direction that's toward him. Amen. Every one of us is sent on mission with the Holy Spirit's power. We need the Holy Spirit's power. So when you commit to following Jesus, you are in essence saying this. Ready? Count me in. I'm here on this earth to partner together with other Christians who are radically devoted to pursuing Christ's mission of saving the world. Are Are you saying that? Are you saying, here I am, Lord? Here I am. Use me. Here I am. Send me. What could be better than that? saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to his call. couple things. How can you be involved? First thing is this, pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for the calling on your life. Pray for missionaries, right? We have a saying here, pray, give, go, and send. So we can all do something. We can all pray, right? We can give as well. We can give of our finances, give of our time, Thank you to those in here that you have committed to missions, pledges above your tithe. That is how we are able to support missionaries like Daniel and Sarah and many others. I want to encourage you in this place, if you haven't stepped into missional giving, start. Even if you can give $25 a month, start somewhere by giving your, not tithe, yes, give tithes, but on top of tithes is missions, that offering to the Lord. And if you haven't stepped into that, Begin to do that. It's such a blessing to know that like Chuck and I, beyond our tithe, we're giving to missions. Because again, I'm not going to be able to go across the world, but I can give money that is going to take it to the missionaries that are taking the love of Jesus to places that I will never go. And someday when we're in heaven, we're going to see the fruit and the harvest of people that I didn't get to pray for, that I didn't get to meet, but I was a part of it through my prayers, through my finances, we all can be a part of missions by praying and by giving and by going. Again, whether you're going next door or you're going over to another country, we can all be a part of this great commission that God is calling us to. And the last part, pray, give, and go, the last part is send. I'm so privileged to be at Rockside Church, to be here as your lead pastor, to be a part of a church that is ascending church. We'd love to just keep everybody, right? And, you know, like Daniel and Sarah, they're so phenomenal and wonderful. I'd love to just keep them here, rock out Cleveland for Jesus. But God has called them to France. And so as hard as that is, we want to support and love them as they're going to take the love of Jesus to a place that most of us will never go. And so I want to invite Pastor Daniel up, and he's going to share for a few moments. And when he's done, I'm going to come back up, and we've got some other special things with Daniel and Sarah. But thank you, Pastor Daniel.
1: Thank you, Pastor Michelle. Um, That was a good word. Um, We're very blessed to be here and to to call you guys our family, our church home, and those of you watching online as well. Um, My wife, Sarah, and I, we are youth pastors for six years, and we have just loved um, our teenagers, Lord, and and our students, and uh, just love the Lord, and uh, uh, God has blessed that, and we love that time, that journey, but we also want to be obedient to God, to where he's calling us, and to when he's calling us, and so God has called us to missions, uh, but God did not release us for a few years, and so we wanted to wait on God of that timing of when that is, and so I just want to have a a word I want to share with you today. Before I do, I just want to let you know that today is ultimately not about Sarah and I. Today is not even ultimately about missions. Today is about Jesus. And Jesus points to the Father. And so today we worship the Father. Today this is all about God and his heart, that he would send his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. That's what it's about today. And so my prayer has always been that that I would step out of the way of, of blocking whatever God wants to do. And I would say, God, where are you moving? What are you doing? And how can I get involved in that? And where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be in that picture, God? I just want to share a word with you today, um, and, and it's found in Acts chapter 3, and this is what it says. And I think of Paul uh, before, uh, and Paul would go to different churches, and on mission trips, he would give a word for the churches, sharing of what he's doing what he's about to do, but also giving a word to the church. And so this is a word to the church uh, that I have for you guys today, not just for Rockside, but just the church in general, the church in America. It's found in Acts 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. This is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze and looked at him, as did John, and said, look at us. Now if you go in Cleveland... Or as we have in Columbus, you see a lot of people that are homeless and that are asking and need help. But if you, uh, if you were to stare at them and say, look at me, you're going to get their attention, right? Uh, you're you're going to get their attention. And this man, he, he looks at them, and he has this attention. And so this is what it says. after They said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. He's, he's about to. And, and uh, P- Peter said, I have no silver and gold i just want to tell you that uh any uh any name it and claim it preachers will tell you that christians can be rich it, While while there's some can jesus makes it very clear that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom in heaven it, it, it is very clear historically accurate that christians early on were broke that they did not have a lot that, that they could confidently say silver and gold i have none like they can go in and say listen i today I have nothing on me to give. I have given it all. We have sold our land and given it to the church, and, and we're feeding those that, that need help, and, and we even appointed deacons to do so, and we're, we're feeding the widows. We're taking care of those, and, and so the, the church did prioritize and organize some of those finances, but they were, they were broke. They were not concerned about their own wallet, so they look at this, this man who needs help, not just homeless, but is, is crippled. He has a need, and, and so they said, silver and gold, I have none. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. That's a powerful story about a church that was very early on that did not have much. They did not have a lot of things that today even the church would, would want to have. You know, for the next 300 years, the church would be outlaws. It wouldn't be another 300 years until Christianity would become an official, recognized religion of the Roman Empire. They would be hunted down. They would become entertainment at coliseums for the world to see. The position of the church was not what we would look at and say a favorable one. We would not look at that and say, well, I really want that. I want to have no money and no finances and no power and no influence and no legal authorities behind my back with legislation helping us. They were not in a comfortable position at all. They had their backs up against the wall and they were the underdogs. In no way were they comfortable to society. Fast forward to a quick story I want to share with you in church history. Fast forward to the 1200s. The church is at the height of its power. The church is at the height of its influence, outlasting the longest kingdoms and empires. And it really became a kingdom that outlasted, like I said, empires and had power. The church at this time in the 1200s, it had influence. It had money. It had what we call success. By any way that the world can judge success, the church in the 1200s was the most successful thing that there was because it was the world's success. But this is what we see, and I want to share a story about Thomas Aquinas. Uh, even just studying philosophy in general, if you're studying Plato and Socrates and you know all these philosophers, Thomas Aquinas will come up. Even secular textbooks. He was one of the greatest philosophers. He was also a church father in the 1200s. He was a teacher. And there's this story where he has this encounter with the Pope, Pope Innocent II, which, if you know his his story, is is not very innocent. Uh, But uh, he's with the Pope, Pope Innocent II, and Thomas Aquinas is there. And this is the story entering the presence of Innocent II, before whom a large sum of money was spread out. The Pope. Looked at Thomas Aquinas and said, No longer can the church say, Silver and gold, I have none. And Thomas replied, Yes, Holy Father. But no longer can she say to the lame, Rise and walk. God help us if we become so successful by what the world judges and the world standards of success that we have everything that we think we need that we have the world's power and everything behind our back but yet we don't have the power of god that you can't say anymore, silver and gold i have none but you can't say anymore, rise and walk you see the early church they didn't have the silver and the gold but they had the power of god they had the presence of God. And I just want to challenge you today of what success looks like for the church. That, yes, we need to manage our, our resources appropriately, but let our, our markers for success be biblical. Let our markers for success, I'm talking about the church just in general in America, to say, I want the presence and the power of God. That's what I'm going to judge by success. That's right. That's right. That we don't become the church that is so powerful by the world standards, but we can't say to the Lamb, rise and walk. Are those with cancer be healed? The church had gotten what it always wanted, but it lost the power of God. I want to challenge you: What does success look like for you in your own life, in your own home? And I even I think about for us, for Sarah. You know, I'm going to be honest: uh, I could have had a different job that paid a lot more money. I had dreams and goals. I had scholarships. I want to be an architect, and and I was already teaching piano lessons, and and, and I had so many things I wanted to do, but God had a different plan. You know, when my kids were born, they had seven great-grandparents still alive, in addition to their four grandparents, and over the past few years, we lost a few of them, but we know when we go to France, we're going to say goodbye to some of the great-grandparents for the last time. That's a reality, that our kids aren't going to see their grandparents for a while while we go we easily could have gotten a house with a yard and had a few more cars. And yeah, we're gonna live life in France, but we're not gonna be with our family. We're not gonna be a society living English. And this is not a woe is me at all, but this is just, there could have been a different way for success. And I have some friends that are successful and and, and God is using them in their field and praise God. And that is success for them because that's where God has them. But I just wanna ask you, where does God have you? Where does he want you? And what is success? look like and 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 that was all that I was gonna say and today I was praying. This morning I was praying and God gave me a single word. When asking and Pastor Michelle had asked before, what do you need prayer for? What what can you and there's so many different things that we need prayer for, you know, family and language and just the stress of moving. You want to make sure that um you know that we're putting God first and everything and making sure that that we're there with our kids and walking them through with it and talking with them and you're rediscovering who we are in a new language. You have to rediscover your own personality. You don't just speak the, the words, but if you're someone who likes to make jokes, and now you speak a broken language, how can you make a joke if you don't understand the nuance and the tact and the humor and, and, and the wit of the culture? And so you have to rediscover yourself in a new culture and what it looks like for the gospel. But today, God gave me one word for prayer. Presence. I would ask for prayers, as the presence of God. I would ask for prayer for over you, and that we'll pray over you as well as the presence of God in the church in our own lives. And this is the verse that God had given me, and this is applicable for our lives and as well as the church. It is Exodus thirty-three, fifteen. 15. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And just think about sending and thinking about going, and we can have. The money, we, we're, we're, we're financially cleared, okay? We have our visas. We actually just got them last week. Praise God, like we're legally on all the stuff and all the metrics that we need to go to France. We're there right now. But if we have our bags packed and we have our kids and we have our finances and we have our visas and passports and ID, but we don't have the presence of God, then what are we doing and why are we going? So my prayer is not for all just the, the, the that stuff will take care of itself if we do our work but my prayer is for the presence of God. So would you pray that over our family as we pray that over the church that we would not leave, not until we're funded, but that we would not leave until we have the presence of God. Thank you, Pastor Michelle.